0: Hi everyone, I'm Lee Savaliksik, and this is the ArtsBound Podcast, where I speak with professionals from across the performing arts industries to capture bits of wisdom, insight, and inspiration for students and young professionals who are exploring careers in music, theater, and dance. Today, I'm speaking with Christian Lopez, who is a music teacher at the Christian Brothers Academy, a parochial Catholic school in Lincroft, New Jersey. In addition to establishing himself as a beloved teacher among his students at CBA, Christian is also a sought-after percussionist and vocal director among the classical and musical theater scenes in New Jersey. In our conversation we talk about how Christian finds fulfillment as both a teacher and a performer, the role his parents played in following his calling and how his identity as a Colombian American influenced the various ways he viewed himself in relation to his professional settings here's my conversation with Christian Christian Lopez welcome to the artsbound podcast it's great to see you it's great to see you too
1: man thanks for having me
0: yeah absolutely so, um, I'm just delighted that you are uh, taking the time, so thank you, and you are one of the first few guests who has a full-time job as a school teacher. There's been a number of guests that have worked in school previously, and now they do something else. As far as the show is concerned, you know, we're trying to show a really broad spectrum of of the different types of career paths that people can take in the performing arts, uh, especially things that young performing artists might not be aware of because they just don't see it. But uh, usually, their school music teachers are the are one of the jobs, if not the, you know the only that they really do see. Yeah. Um, but your gig is a little different because you are teaching in a a private Catholic school. So instead of maybe like, you know, this is what my job is, because a lot of students, young people, have seen their music teachers, they know what they do, at least in the classroom with the students. I guess maybe two things that come up as a question right off the bat. One is, how is your work in a private school different than others? And also, then maybe we could talk a little bit about, like, what are the things that you do outside of the classroom that students might not see?
1: Yeah, absolutely. When I I'll be honest, when I first got the job, I know we talked about um, being working in a private school and like there's all these associations that that come with being in a private school versus being in a public school. And, you know, it's hard for me to say because I haven't personally experienced other private schools, but the way that mine my school is set up, there's a lot more freedom in terms of curriculum you know there's a lot of a lot more trust it's a smaller faculty fall, smaller student base so there's a little bit more trust put into the teachers in terms of curriculum um you know we have our standards obviously but in terms of content content needs to be taught the methods by which you go to teach them you have some freedom in so that's been really really eye opening to me um In terms, another thing that with the private schools is, you know, students and parents are paying to go to the school, which definitely Mm -hmm. is a different environment in terms of expectations and like what the vision is for a child or a student to get when they come out of that school. And that definitely has its own challenges. Um, we're not being a big district you know one of the other things that comes out of being in a private school is especially in high school we don't exactly know who we're going to get you know whereas in a public school you have feeder schools and things like that for me we're pulling from you know i want to say like 20 districts you know and we we get students from all over so in terms of planning for freshman year it's it's a fresh start every time because every kid learns from a different teacher before me and I don't necessarily have conversations with all of their middle school teachers and things like that. So it's a lot more, let's see who we have. And this freshman year program might be a little different than last year's freshman year program. So it's kind of like adapting to those demands. Sure. And just perhaps
0: for a little bit more context in like what your day-to-day looks like, Can you give us just like the 30-second summary of the different types of classes and ensembles you work with?
1: Yeah, so I teach big band jazz ensemble. Um, Our honors group is the Jazz Combo. I teach men's choir, um, AP music theory, standard music theory, general music, sophomore general music, um, and... Outside of that, we do, uh, like, pep band. So for basketball, it's a big sports school, so I do pep band. Um, We do a rock club, and I vocal direct and music direct and conduct all the musicals at the school as well.
0: Yeah, all right. So... Musical theater, I know, is a big part of your life, yeah. and and that fits in a lot with the, the gigging and the playing that you do outside of your teaching. One of the things that, um, for me, most of the music teachers that I kind of was surrounded by in my early career as a teacher uh, also kept up pretty active um, playing and performing Schedules, Yeah. Uh, and I know that that's really important, too. Why don't you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. For me, you know, being someone who kind of went into college knowing that I wanted to be a music educator, but also knowing, like, I'm scared that if I become a music educator, I won't be able to perform. Mm. I kind of compensated through the years and, like, really took gigging seriously because it's always been my mission to be, like, an a music educator, and not just like a music teacher, like somebody who just sits there and and talks at students. So I um I I find it really valuable. I keep myself really involved over here in the uh, like the classical scene, but a lot in the theater scene, not just like as. Uh, playing like I usually end up playing drum set or percussion for a lot of shows over here, but I'm I'm really also big into the music directing in the New Jersey theater scene. So I've been doing a lot more of uh, you know conducting, vocal directing, um, playing a lot of piano and, and things like that, and basically just like. Filling up my schedule after school be, with whatever is out there, but really the output is, is musical theater and things like that. It's what I'm most passionate about.
0: Yeah, terrific. I know that you're very passionate about playing. I know that you love your job as a teacher as well. Yeah, and um, tell me a little bit because I think to if we could fall um, if I could put out this line of thought and see if it all connects yeah um the idea you know again behind this this show is to try and show as many different varieties as possible of different career tracks within the performing arts and being a music teacher is one that's usually very very known to young performing artists because of that oftentimes uh i think that a lot of people end up choosing a music education degree when they're going into college because it's a known entity yeah. as opposed to like, um, I recently did an interview with, um, some parents, uh, the parents of an, another guest on the show, Jasper Van Dyke. And, um, you know, one of the questions that I asked them was, did you know anyone who was like a family friend or a family member who was a professional musician? And they said, no, not really, but it probably would have been easier to, to picture our son as a performing or as a professional musician if we did. And so, you know, similarly, this idea that, oh, well, I'll become a music teacher because that's something I could see myself doing because my musical role models were my music teachers. I think then that a lot of people end up in those degrees, even though they don't necessarily have like as strong of a of a passion for teaching. Uh, I don't think that that applies to you. Um, you were my student teacher, and we worked together in the classroom. Um, and I I know how strongly you feel about the work that you do with your students now. So, what does that feel like for you? What you know? Why is it that you love teaching?
1: I mean for me it's it's being able to see students achieve and for me I that that drives my world if if I'm gonna a day-to-day f- basically fix problems in, in a lot of ways I'd rather do it with people and, and and students who like want to be molded and like have so much room to grow and they're still figuring themselves out and I feel like people, did it for me, and I almost feel like somewhat some bit of a responsibility, you know, and not like I'm being forced to teach, but just like I valued so much as a student when teachers would take the time to you know educate me and and care about me and be there for me, and and so like I as I've gotten older, I've realized that I'm, I'm I want to do the same for students and for the youth, and because I know it's not necessarily easy for them to be heard and and they're not as you know quote-unquote relatable to others and you know I like to be that means of somebody to talk to a resource and be there and and more than that you know I love playing I, I I love playing so much um but I get more joy you know I I play in pit bands all the time but like when I get to conduct my student pit and it's all of these high schoolers playing a Broadway book and I see the joy in their faces like, wow, I didn't think I could do that. And we're doing it and we're here and it's closing night and you sound great. And like the joy that they get, because I know in my heart that I get that same joy from performing and I was able to help give them that opportunity. That, that for me is, is what, what drives me to teach.
0: I love that. Yeah, and, and I, I remember that feeling. Uh, it's still very poignant in my own memory. Yeah. Um. So when you talk about having this sense of, like, appreciation for the teachers that you've had in your own life and that sense of wanting to give back, certainly there's, there's lots of people, I think, in the world that really appreciate their teachers and, and don't necessarily have the same inclination to teaching. Absolutely. And... And there's obviously there's like there's not one sort of teacher that is like uh, that that works. Right. Yeah. There's lots of different personalities in the classroom. Um, students respond to them kind of in kind, I think. Um, but I guess what is it? What do you feel like it is about your own disposition or uh, personality that works for you as a teacher?
1: Um, I think for me I, I like to I like to keep it honest uh, I think that students find that valuable you know I, I think that sometimes especially and I'm talking you know from the high school perspective I, I know my students when when they're trying to figure something out or they need guidance sometimes they just want to hear you know w- what they want to hear you know and 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 I won't always give them, give them that, you know, I'll give them, they ask for an opinion. So, Hey, I'll, I'll give you my opinion. Um, but let's work through this. And with that, with that honesty comes like, Hey, I enjoy taking the time out of my day to talk with you and, and be there with you. So I think being available to students is something that they really, they, they value, you know, being, being able to be there, uh, for, for them, and um, I think the other thing, the common theme is passion. You know, when students see that you're you're passionate about something, I think it drives them a little bit more. You know, regardless of what you're passionate about, if they see that there's things that you that you care about, it kind of drives them to care about the things in their life a little bit more, even if it's not the same stuff. You know what I mean? Like they see like, oh, this person's here every day and they love this thing and they love talking about it. and oh, it, it's cool to talk about this stuff. and it's cool to talk about things things we enjoy and and so I think that when students can see me radiating that passion, they they kind of internalize it themselves. Um, and then some something else that I got and I and I got this honestly, Lee, partially from you. Uh, between you and my mom, this idea of positivity and like your mind, your mindset. And, uh, I, I went through a lot, um, in college with my mindset and my mental health and I came out on top ultimately. And I think that learning to shift your mindset and, and shift the way you speak in order to kind of put you in a place where you can feel more stable and feel comfortable, you know, I try to teach that to my students and I try to be the model for that. And that doesn't mean like, we're not all happy all the time. You know, That that's just, that's not realistic. But in the moment when we're, hey, we're here, we have the opportunity to make music together. Like, let's do that. You know, let, let's do that. Let's take this time to be surrounded with each other. And just like little mind sh- mind, mindset shifts like that, I've noticed that it's it's really help my students and they've gravitated towards that little things. Like I'll see them talking with their friends and like they just changed the way they made a statement, like a little thing, like instead of saying, I'm anxious, they're saying things like, I feel anxious, which mm. is a huge mindset shift that I'm noticing that I'm able to kind of like these little tools that work for me. I've, I've been able to pass along to students and I, and I think they value that and all, and all of those things together. It's like, I think they really see like I'm I'm giving them this toolkit and I'm trying to get this toolkit that I developed and that somebody gave to me that I'm kind of passing along and, and that passion and the positivity and the honesty and all the things like that drive them to, you know, want to succeed or at least head in the directions that they're passionate about.
0: Yes. Yeah. So one of the things when we worked together Christian when you were my student teacher that i feel like stood out about you from uh, from any other student teacher that i had was you seemed much less preoccupied with with what i call checking the boxes like you were you were not necessarily worried about like okay, I have these requirements that I have to be sure that I do and um, and kind of like just going through this procedure, but you showed up in a very authentic way. You really connected with the students in the school where I was teaching, I think because of that. And you, you already mentioned it, this idea of just being honest with your students and being very real with them. But I'm curious, is it... You, talk, you talked about mindset, but do you feel like there is something more about your lived experience or choices that you've made that have allowed you to step in to the environments that you find yourself in that authentic way without necessarily worrying about, like, am I doing this right?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think it, like, actually stems back to, like, my development as a musician – because as a musician, I, I took lessons for a little bit of time, but like when it came to college prep and things like that, like I didn't take lessons and I had to, you know, kind of figure it out. And I wanted to get into college and I had these opportunities, don't get me wrong, but like, I kind of had to figure it out to get the results I wanted. And, and, you know, I had friends and, and people who would be like, well, you got to take lessons to do this. I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I'm doing what I need to do. Right. Like I, I'm getting into schools, like I'm, I'm doing what I'm su- supposed to do. Um, and that kind of translated later on as, as I got older and, and started getting even more into the teaching thing, I, I started viewing it more as like, okay, well, what's our end result? Like, what, what are we actually trying to get at this and kind of like assessing situations, right? And like, I... While when I was younger, when I was a freshman, sophomore in college, like, and and you're learning these things of like, here's how you lesson plan, and here's how you, here's how you the you know the Danielson model, and here's how you do do things you're supposed to do school. It was very valuable because it showed me like what systems were in place and what how I can have access to resources and things like that. But ultimately, I found myself not feeling comfortable in front of students when I had this script, you know, like, uh, like adhering to a script in these checkboxes exclusively. And as like, you know, getting to sophomore and junior year, I, I realized like, okay, I can, I can plan, but ultimately I'm a better educator when I read the room and I, and I take in what's going on in the moment. Um, so I don't, I, I think it, I think it does stem back from like, I figured out how to do it without checking the boxes when I was younger, you know? And as I got older, I learned that like, okay, that can still apply. There's, there's rules and there's boxes that do need to be checked be Checked because we're adults and these things do need to get done. Right. Absolutely. But if what we're actually trying to do is educate the student, it's not just about music education every moment and the whole idea of doing things and playing and reading the room and seeing that what you're doing right now, while it may teach them about quarter notes and eighth notes, that's not what they need from you as a teacher. And, and Lee, that more than anything else, like, student teaching, you showed me that. You you taught me that you don't we quarter notes and eighth notes are cool. They're important. We need to know them. We need <laughs> like don't get me wrong. We need to know them. But these kids maybe aren't responding because they just want to be expressive by dancing. Oh, oh, or or <laughs> or some, literally anything else. And like ultimately when they come out of the classroom that day, they might go home and be like, I learned so much in music class today you know just they were they were educated they learned you know there's curriculum they, there's stuff they have they have to learn you know but what are they really getting out of their classroom experience so that i and i kind of just like I, again i shifted my mindset to say i can teach my material but i want to educate the whole person before i just educate notes and ink
0: yes yes well, um, I really appreciate you you sharing that, Christian. And it's you know it's been a while since we've connected, and it's nice to know that um, the the work that we did is kind of still carrying into the awesome work that you're doing now. So thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, your background. Yeah. So you and your family are Colombian American. And you've mentioned uh, to me before that just in terms of like culturally, both going to Penn State and also coming to the school where you teach now have been a little bit of a culture shock. Um, Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah. um, I grew up and, and I'm actually currently living in right now Piscataway, New Jersey, which is Rutgers, that area. Okay. Which is has been one of the most diverse towns in the country for the past few years so I grew up in a melting pot of culture Mm. um I so much so that I didn't realize I was growing up in a melting pot of culture until I went literally anywhere else you know and when I went to college I quickly realized that the demographic was not the same and um it it took some adjusting, you know. I I changed the way I spoke a little bit. I definitely thought twice before I said certain things. Um, you know, and that's not to say that I was disrespected by any means, you know, I, I wasn't, but I just knew like I'm gonna really stand out if I don't kind of just like assimilate and get and, and get in line a little bit. Hmm. Um and so my first year of college i definitely it going in on moving day and and going around everyone and seeing like oh i am actually the like my last name's lopez like that is rare like that that is rare and like people are interested and like want to know like what kind of makes me different you know and and it was it was kind of eye opening um, so
0: just to just to stop
1: you for a yeah. second, did you did you grow up with other Lopez's?
0: Like was it? Yeah, otherwise yeah. a pretty common name. It was yeah.
1: like yeah, yeah. Lopez was common. My, Rodriguez is common. You know, Hispanic. Um, there's a large Asian population, um, African American population in Piscataway. Like it's like um, you know, white is the minority where I mm. where I grew up. So you know, going in, in going into a school like Penn State, like being the one Lopez in the music ed grade and, and, you know, not having much diversity. Like it was a little weird, you know, it was, it was mm-hmm. a little, it was a little weird because I felt like I, I needed to be careful about what I said because I was representing an entire minority population in some ways, if that makes sense.
0: Which is um such a complex situation because you know i I'm, I'm in a position now uh as an administrator for an organization where if i'm putting together a committee um you know one of the best practices is to make sure that we have you know quote unquote representation yes um from different and diverse perspectives um but in a lot of ways that's kind of an unfair burden yeah to
1: carry. yeah and you know with that that like it it brings me like memories of just like experiences where unintentionally, like I was put in a situation where I feel like I'm only here because I'm checking a box. like I, I you know what I mean like it it made me doubt my my skill and kind of what what I what I would bring to the table until I like eventually learned like, okay, no, like I earned that spot. but like not being immersed in it, going to a school like that seeing like, oh, you know i'm the only non white person to be in this room who was invited here or who or who won this award like it kind of made me second guess like wait did i is did i only get this because i'm hispanic you know or 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 something and it, mm. it, it, it created like some uncomfortable moments i think in my life sure sure
0: While we're talking, I guess, kind of tangentially about your your family, maybe uh, I'm curious a little bit to hear about um, just your like your parents and what they thought about you going in the music. A lot of the guests on the show have talked about just how critical having parent support is and was when they were making that decision to to go into the arts um what was that like for you?
1: Man, I love my parents to death. My my parents have been nothing but supportive. Um I'm a music educator. My sister's a freshman music ed major elsewhere um at another university. My mom um while my parents are not uh music educators, my mom was a singer and she directed musicals all throughout my my life, and so I was immersed in that. And my dad, like he, is a music lover. I, from a very young age, I've been to probably like 200 concerts, all because of him. And he'd just pick me up. He'd be like, "Hey, let's go check this out." You know, I can't make this music with you in live time, but we can go have these experiences together. And like, I think subconsciously, like from from my dad's uh, perspective, like doing that was his way of kind of shaping my passions like not not because that's what he wanted me to be but more like hey I notice your passion about this I want to be able to relate to you I physically can't relate to you in the same way as your mother can but like I can go and experience music with you and that and I realized like later on like for me the music experience is so valuable, like what you get when you go see music. And I think I got that from him. And my mom um, was very much, you know, the go out and play experience. And and she would always take me anywhere and be like, hey, there's an audition. Are you interested in doing it? Or like, hey, I saw this opportunity. Are you into it? And um, with that being said, my mom is also a professor um, and a teacher. And she was an administrator and that kind of that gene that bug got like passed down to me and from a very young age um when I was like a freshman in high school there was like a neighborhood there was a uh, a kid in our neighborhood who wanted lessons and my mom was like hey like have you ever thought about giving lessons I was like no she's like you can do it like you can do it like like believe in yourself and from that day like I was like oh teaching's cool. Like, I really enjoy <laughs> teaching. So like, I really do credit a lot of what I am today to be from my parents. They, they really, I'm so grateful for all the opportunities and the things they gave. And it it really does make a difference. You know, it, it made it a lot easier to go to college. Having that initial conversation with them was like, Hey, I want to go to school for music. They're like, yeah, we know. Cool. So like my, our only thing is like, what's your plan? You know? And Mm -hmm. I was like, fair enough, fair enough. So they like helped mold me kind of from a young age to be like, Hey, if this is your passion, that's cool. But like, how, how do you want to do it? Like, not how are you going to do it? Like, how do you want to do this? Like, come up with some ideas, like the path you want to take, like, do you like teaching? Do you want to play? Okay. Well, if if you want to play like here, are just some, like with the honesty, like, here are just some considerations with, with playing and we'll support you no matter what. But here are the considerations with like freelance, being a freelance musician. And like, those were important conversations for me. Um, you know, though, having those dialogues and having those conversations to me made it easier to make a decision. And I never felt like the decision I made was going to disappoint anyone. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for them. Love it. So, if
0: there was someone who's listening to this now who you um might say is kind of in that similar spot as as Christian you know seven years ago or whatever, I you know about the time that you're you just described, um what advice would you give them in terms of making this decision about what to do in college and Maybe preparing for an audition Or preparing just to to go into That experience
1: Yeah um, So like broadly First off and, and this is me, this is my personal opinion Like Whatever you want to do in life If that's what you are You feel like you're going to wake up every morning And be happy doing Ultimately that's what's most important In my eyes Like, like money doesn't matter for that. Like your day to day, your mental health is, is what's important. So really consider like the choices you make, like should be ref- reflections on what you want in life. Um, and that's not to say like, you should listen to what other people say because other people who have lived in the world physically for longer amounts of time, like have experienced things that maybe you haven't experienced. And those are all great things to use to help you make an informed decision. So like with the idea of like, do what you're passionate about, but make sure it's an informed decision. You know, like it's not justifying what you're doing, but it's more like, okay, this is what I want to do. And like, you know, it, it, it does this for me and I love this about it. And I love these things. And you know what, there it is. Those, those are the reasons I want to do this. and, And that's what I'm passionate. Um, but don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, it is, it's really difficult making that decision, especially if you're wanting to go to school for music. It's a difficult decision if, you know, you don't have parents who have been exposed to it before, or you're not in a community that often sends people out to, for music. Like I know with my school, I was, I was the first music ed major music major. in, I like just like a ridiculous number of years. Like there were, there were none. Mm. And then in my class, there were four of us who went to school for music and then after that and then after that every year there's been music ed majors to come out every single year since my class graduated Um, and so like sometimes you have to create the the means for yourself. Like you have to you have to go out and do a little bit of legwork and reach out to a music ed professor or reach out to somebody who might not be right in front of you. Send an email, be like, hey I'd I'd love to talk. Like I just am trying to figure out what I'm doing. Um and getting that you know other people's opinions really really is valuable. But walking the fine line between I really value someone's opinion and that opinion is going to completely shape all my choices. You know, just because somebody says that the freelance world is scary and and day-to-day is really difficult doesn't mean that you should be any less passionate about being in the freelance world. It's just something to consider as you're going into that field.
0: What else? Is there anything that we haven't hit that you'd want to share?
1: Um, Specifically for people going or interested in education and and music education, something that I've seen is just like, as a music educator, and I think this is kind of what made me different than my peers in music school, like, I really cared about performing. And like, if you decide that you're passionate about music ed, but you're also passionate about playing, like, being a music teacher does not stop you from being a performer. Uh, no. at all. And that's, that's something that I've learned. And like, that was one of my concerns. Like I was like, am I going into music education because I want job security? And then like, you know, after some thought I was like, no, I do, I am passionate about education, but I'm going to do everything in my power um, to gig and, and find those things. And for me, it's, it's been great for two reasons. Like, as a teacher being that model and like going out in the real world and playing and like telling students like, Hey guys, I'm playing a gig, uh, tonight. If you want to stop by, like you're in high school, go ahead, stop by. Like, and then they come see the gig and it's like, wow, that was awesome. And then the next two weeks of lessons are awesome. Like it really does make (laughs) a difference when they, they see that you're passionate about the things, um, that you're teaching. And then the other thing for me is, like, I'm a big advocate for the mental health aspect of it. Like, it, for me, playing and being involved in the, in the community and the scene is kind of what makes me sane. Because the reality is, like, there are a lot of things about education that, you know, aren't that straightforward and that might make you pull your hair out. Because some things that exist, you know, are a system like and and certain things have to be done a certain way because someone said so. And that sometimes is just what it is for me, like being able to go out and play like is my release and it's OK to have that. And, and it will and make you stronger as an educator to go out and do the thing you're passionate about doing. So just like, you know, my last word of advice is like, don't be afraid like whatever choice you make, that also doesn't have to be your final choice or your only choice. Um, it's been something I I've been battling lately. I've 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 been struggling a little bit lately because I don't I love teaching, and I it's not that I want to leave teaching. It's that I could also see myself going back and getting a master's in music directing and going and living in New York and trying to make it to Broadway. You know, but I also want to be an administrator, you know, and it's this bad, it's like this battle that I'm having that like, you know, I've been talking to a lot of people about and talking, you know, to my mom about, and, and ultimately I don't need to make a decision right this second, you know, like you can, I can enjoy the moment a little bit more. And it's something that I've been working to do better to be like, I love my day to day. My day to day is great. I, I don't, I don't complain. I love the opportunities that I get, when the time is right, what's happening next will will happen, and things happen for a reason. And when that opportunity arises, like you know, I'm gonna be there, and I'm gonna do it, and I'll know that in that moment, that's what I want to do. And yeah. so I'm trying, I'm trying to learn to not be afraid of it.
0: Well, I can definitely feel you in terms of um, the joy that you receive from being out in the community and playing. Uh, I resonate with that very strongly and this has been a hard time because we are missing that
1: yes Uh, yeah yeah Yeah, i think i've been it's been compounded by that like this pandemic Mm -hmm. has really made it even harder for me because i haven't i've been itching to play and now i feel like all i'm doing is teaching and and i'm not getting that so i'm trying to like you know shift my mindset a bit
0: you know i want to commend you though because you said a little earlier that you know at one point you asked the question am I going into teaching for job security? Um, because that is something, you know, I've written about this and I've, I've talked about it on the show, um, that that's something that we see a lot. And, um, and some people don't ask that question. And, and I've found it really meaningful in the work that I'm doing now through ArtsBound to actually help people ask those questions that maybe, um, aren't bubbling up to the surface, but could be really insightful. Yeah. And, uh, I think your mom's right that, you know, when you, when you say you don't have to make a decision right now, um, I talk a lot about calling, you know, having a true calling, and I think that that is a that is an ongoing and iterative process that we, you know, we are called to something in a moment and we as if we're staying in tune with it and we follow it. Um, it takes us into a, a certain chapter of our life, and then we might get called into something else. And um, and there are multiple paths Absolutely. for you. It's the, yeah. it's the teacher path or the administrator path or the music director path. Um, but the truth is, is that, you know, and why I wanted you to come on the show and talk about what you do is is you're obviously someone who is listening to that voice and that intuition to say, you know, what is it that really lights a fire in me that I can pursue. And in, in nurturing that, that flame, um, you know, light up the world around me and, and the other people around me as well.
1: Yeah. You're, you're, you're so right. you you're, you hit it right, right on the head. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Christian, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Leah. I really appreciate it. And I, I really love what you're doing.
0: Thank you to Christian Lopez for being on the show. If you are a student or a young professional who is curious about how you might benefit from the career design process, visit artsboundcareerdesign.com to learn more. Chris Leidecker composes our music. I'm Lee Savalicic. Thanks for listening.